This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping engineers succeed in work and life. The show is hosted by engineering enthusiast Anthony Fasano and Chris Knutson. Both are professional engineers who found success early in their careers and now work together to help other engineers do the same. Now it's showtime. Hello, this is Anthony Fasano, and this is the show for engineers and technical professionals who want to succeed in both work and life. All right, in today's episode, I'm going to talk about mastering your elevator speech. It's a topic that I've been asked about quite a bit as of late. I was even interviewed on this topic for an article that I'll reference, and I think we should give it an episode. I think it is important enough for us to talk about it a bit, and I will. We've done quite a bit of research on this topic, thanks to our team members, namely Angelique, who helps out a lot with the show. And we've pulled together some articles that, again, we'll reference. We put together a summary of best things you could do to master your elevator speech. So before we get into the main segment of our show, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. If you're thinking about taking the FEPE or SE exam, I recommend that you check out PPI, the leader in engineering exam prep. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code COACH at ppi2pass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com, and use promo code COACH for a 20% discount. And I also want to say that PPI is going to be a sponsor of our community starting in January, the Engineering Mastermind. It's a powerful community to help you basically take everything you hear on the podcast and implement it. That's what this is all about. It's not just about you listening. It's about you taking action. The community can be found at theengineeringmastermind.com, and we are in the process of completely overhauling our forum. We've hired a top developer, and he's working through it right now probably a few weeks away from creating a beta test with some of our current members to test everything out. There's going to be some really, really cool items in the new community of how you can post. You can post anonymously if you have questions about salary or your review and you're not comfortable doing it. These are things you can't do on LinkedIn. It's a close-knit community and I'm really excited about it. So again, you can get in now at theengineeringmastermind.com and we're going to keep everybody updated onto the progress of the community. All right, so now I'd like to give you a quote to bring us into the main segment where I'm going to talk about elevator speeches. And the quote is from Thomas Jefferson. The most valuable of all talents is that of never using two words when one will do. All right, now it's time for the main segment of our episode on today's topic of how to master your elevator speech, also known as an elevator pitch. And basically, this is kind of a quick summary that you can go through in about 30 to 60 seconds that pretty much talks about who you are and what you do. I know a lot of the business world is now done online, but still, the elevator speech can still show up online. I would even say that on LinkedIn, your summary or your summary paragraph is essentially an elevator pitch. Right. And the way that this whole idea of an elevator pitch or speech came about is just imagine if you're in an elevator with someone and you want to strike up a conversation and you only have that 30 to 60 seconds and you need to impress this person. They don't know a lot about you. So it's quick exchange. What do you do? That's what we're going to dive into today. Really, really important on how to pick the content for your elevator speech. 
again, like we always talk about, you want to talk about how you help people. And I'm going to give you an example as we dive into this today. And like I said, we did do a lot of research. We'll reference all of the articles that we found on this topic so we can give credit to the authors and the information that we're referencing here. And there was one on Inc.com, which was a really helpful one. Beyond.com, USA Today, we found one. There was also an article that I was recently featured in on the IEEE Insight. I was interviewed by John Platt. So again, we'll make references in the show notes. But specifically, we've boiled all this information down to seven steps, which is what I'm going to go through for you here in this episode. And the one thing I'll say just up front is that it's kind of important to remember that your elevator speech should not just be restating your summary. You don't want a long list of names, of dates, something that someone could read either on your LinkedIn profile or if they had your resume. That's not what you want to do. You want to give them a quick summary of how you're valuable. That's the way I look at it. How are you valuable potentially to them, to your clients, to whomever you might be dealing with? Let's run through these seven steps that we've compiled. The first step is to use your time well. Shoot for a shorter pitch, say 30 seconds. Time yourself. Maybe measure it by sentences. How many sentences of content do you want to have? And if you're pitching someone specifically on something, you've got to make sure that you've got the benefit of that pitch into that short amount of time. So if it's something that's very complex, think about how you can use that time well. Maybe you want to use an analogy or maybe you want to keep it very, very basic, but alluding to that there's more behind it, which you may not get into right now. Keep it short. And if it does have to be longer and complex, frame it that way. That's really, really, really important because you don't want someone to think, well, that seems shallow when it's something that could be very complex, but you also may not be able to get everything out into that short, short time period. So that's number one, use your time well. Number two, script it. It has to sound natural. No matter how many times you practice it, you want to make it sound like you're doing it naturally. This is something that's fresh and natural and you want to avoid being dull and monotone or even overexcited potentially. Because if you're monotone, it's going to bore people. If you're too excited, someone that's maybe conservative is going to be overwhelmed. But you want to impress them in a way that you may be able to have future interactions with them. It's almost like a hook when you do your script. You want to do it so that it's a hook so that someone says, oh, wow, that's interesting. Well, how do you do that? I want to learn more about this person. I want to follow up with you. And also think about when scripting it is that really what you want to do in this elevator pitch or exchange is to get someone to like you. Because if they're not going to like you, they're not going to want to get to know more, right? That hook's not going to matter to them. I do recommend scripting your elevator pitch. And you may want to have a couple. If it's a client, if it's a colleague, if it's someone who's a potential investor, whatever the case may be. But definitely have something written out that you can review from time to time when you might need it before a networking event maybe once a month just to be prepared if you're doing more business development, script out your elevator speech. Number three, format your elevator speech in a powerful way. What I found through my research is that three questions you should try to answer when you're crafting your elevator speech. Who are you? What do you do? And what are you looking for? So here's an example of a pitch that I put together based on my background. Hello, I'm Anthony Fasano. I'm a civil engineer with 10 years of experience in the land development industry, and I help my clients complete their projects on time and under budget. Now, that took about 15 seconds. So I might take the next 15 seconds and add some more details about what makes me unique. 
what makes me valuable, how I can help a potential employer or a potential client, what makes me stand out. I'll give it to you one more time because it was quick. Hello, my name is Anthony Fasano. I'm a civil engineer with 10 years experience in the land development industry, and I help my clients complete their projects on time and under budget. And if you think about the idea of a hook, if someone hears that pitch, what are they going to be thinking? How do you do that? How are you always on time and under budget? I want to learn more about that. You're making an impression on someone. Someone's going to say, wow, that's pretty impressive, understanding that a lot of construction projects get behind budget and behind schedule. And what I would say as far as format goes, once you have this down and you have a really good, solid 30-second pitch or so, develop a longer version. Maybe that's a few minutes long where you do have time for that more in-depth detail on your benefits, on your value statement. Because if the situation arises where you do have a couple of minutes, then you can expand upon that initial powerful 30-second starter. I think this is important. Want to just rehearse this 30-second thing and then you're done. You have nothing else to say. So that's number three, format it. Number four, memorize and recite your pitches. This is really important. The reason that you want to commit this to memory is because if you have a couple of different pitches committed to memory, you're going to be able to flex where you need to, and you're going to be able to mix and match some of those things together, and you're not going to get caught off guard. The thing about the world we live in today is everything is really fast-paced. You may have one opportunity to impress someone, you may have 30 to 60 seconds, and you may never get that opportunity back. So when you have that opportunity, bam, you got to get it out, you've got to be ready, you've got to have recited it, it's got to be in your mind, and you got to go, and that's it. And this happens to me all the time. I may get the opportunity to talk to someone who's a potential sponsor for the, one of the podcasts, or someone who wants me to do a certain work for them, and if I have... In my mind, 30 to 60 seconds of, you know, that's perfect for me because I've done X, Y, Z, and I'm really good at that because I have this experience that'll make your life easier. Then people are like, wow, how do I learn more? I want to learn more about that. Memorize the pitches, a couple of them, and be able to fire them off. You do not want to miss out on an opportunity when it arises, and having this at your fingertips is really important. Number five, record your pitch. Once you've gotten feedback on some of your pitches and you're starting to really hone them down, record yourself giving the pitch. Listen to it. Listen to your tone. Make sure it's friendly. That it's not going to be threatening to anyone. That the pace is good. You're not too fast or too slow. I know my problem was always that I'm too fast when I do things like this. I get excited. So listen to it. Digest it. Make sure that what you're saying is really clear. You're not repeating words. You're sending the message that you really want to send to people. I know sometimes it's awkward to do this. It's awkward to listen to your own voice. I mean, listen, I have a podcast, 150 episodes worth, and I still don't like listening to any of them. This is really important because no matter how many times you have it on a piece of paper and you rehearse it, if you hear yourself saying it, you may be able to pick up on some ways that you can really, really powerfully improve it. Number six, embracing all of the possible alternatives. No matter how perfect of a pitch you craft, someone's not going to like it because there's all different kinds of people that you're going to meet in all different industries. And the reason for meeting them is going to be different. Could be a potential client, could be a government client, could be a private client, could be an investor, a stakeholder, an owner, a developer. Everyone's different. So you have to think about how you can vary your pitches to the audience. And this is something you might have to do on the fly, which is tricky to do. And one of the things that I will recommend 
to help you with this, and I talk about this all the time, you're probably getting sick of this, is to improve your public speaking skills. If you have the ability to speak in public, to speak clearly, you're going to have the ability to make changes and create alternates for your elevator speeches right in the moment, which is extremely powerful. I do this all the time. I did this on the phone today with someone. I was going somewhere with something and they said something to me and I had to make a drastic change of my approach of talking with this person. You have to embrace that because if you get so stuck on your perfect elevator pitch and you're not open to change, then you're not going to succeed, quite frankly, because you're going to get frustrated. The person's not going to be receptive to your speech and you're not going to get whatever you wanted to get out of that conversation. And this goes way beyond elevator pitches. This goes in life in general, really. I mean, you have to be flexible. You have to be able to embrace change and roll with it. The same goes here. Number seven is to ride the elevator. So what I mean here and what I found here in research is that you need to practice in a situation that's very similar to the actual one you're going to experience. There's a couple of ways to do this. One is obvious, but also comical is that you could ride an elevator by yourself and practice the speech. Go in, go to the highest floor, practice a little bit and keep, keep trying it. I don't know that you're going to sit in an elevator all day, but just time yourself then. Go into your office, put a timer up and just practice. The point is, is that you have to practice in a situation that's similar. When I did my TEDx talk, I had watched a bunch of TEDx talks. And when you watch the TEDx talk, you see the person and you see the screen or the PowerPoint monitor, or the video monitor behind them. I assumed as a worst case scenario that the screen would be behind me and I wouldn't be able to look at it. So I practiced for weeks my presentation with the presentation only behind me on the other side of my office. So I really got it down cold. And then, of course, when I got there, the presentation was behind me, but there was also a big monitor in front of me that I was able to stare at the whole time. And I thought I did really well with my talk. And that was one of the reasons because I was like, wow, I'm prepared to do this cold. Now I have this stuff right in front of me. This is really easy. So try to create difficult situations, high pressure, low time that can replicate your ability to impress someone in a short period of time. I mean, the biggest thing to remember here is to keep it short, but give people enough information to get them interested in you. Don't just dump a whole bunch of information on them. Keep it interesting, make them want more and convey how you can give value to someone. That's the deal. That's the whole thing about an elevator pitch. And quite frankly, you can look beyond this episode, way beyond this episode, as far as what this means to you. And I'll talk a little bit about that now in the take action segment, because we're going to transition into that. But I would venture to say that practicing an elevator speech is going to do a heck of a lot more for you than just being ready to talk to someone for 30 seconds. Let me summarize these seven points, and then we'll jump into the take action today point. I'll pull this all together for you with one final point. Number one, use your time well. You're only going to have a short 30-second time or so, right? So you've got to be able to break something down well, and if it's complex, set it up for a future discussion. Number two, script it out. This is not something to wing. I've learned from being a professional speaker that the shorter the talks are, the harder they are because you have a confined amount of time that you've got to fit everything into. So script it out. Format it properly. So make sure that you have something in the beginning that really introduces yourself and what you can do. And then if you get to go deeper, then talk about your unique value you bring to the table. Have that all laid out in your speech. Number four, memorize and recite your pitches. Just practice. Keep practicing. Number five, record your pitch. Listen to your tone of voice. 
Make sure that it's easy to understand and people can relate to it. Number six, embrace alternatives. Be ready to change your pitch on the fly. Don't be so rigid that if someone says something, you can't adjust to it. And seven was ride the elevator. That's practicing in a situation that's very similar to the one that you're going to experience. With that, let's jump into the take action today segment. I'm going to wrap all this up for you. All right, so now it's time for our take action today segment of the show where I am going to wrap up this idea of elevator speeches and how it goes even beyond this in your career and in your life. But before I do that, I'd like to offer a word from today's sponsor, PPI. Engineers often ask me what exam prep materials or review courses they should use when preparing for the FEPE or SE exam. Hands down, I recommend PPI. I personally use PPI's materials to pass my exams, and I recently had a chance to demo their review courses. It's why I feel confident recommending PPI for those of you planning to take the next step in your career. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code COACH at ppitopass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com, and use promo code COACH for a 20% discount. I went through some things that you can do to master your elevator speech. In the show notes for this show, which I'll give you the URL in a minute, you're going to be able to find all of the articles related to this if you really want to dig into this. But what I do want to say is let's put this aside for a minute, this idea of actually getting into an elevator and talking to someone or actually coming up to someone at a networking event and talking to them for two minutes. It's possible and it happens. It could happen often. But if you're someone saying, listen, this is kind of a waste for me, it means it doesn't happen that often. This is where I'm going to challenge you. The ability for you to talk to someone in the moment and create value in a conversation and to be able to give someone what they're hearing, say something to someone that makes them more interested in you, will be one of the most critical things you could do in your career to succeed. This has happened to me over and over and over again. And thankfully, because of the speaking I've done and because of the podcasting I've done, I've gotten really good at this. But just think about it this way. You go into your review with your boss and all kinds of things get said. Your ability to react to what's being said and change the way you present your wording is all part of this, what I talked about in this episode. You go to buy a car or you go to make a purchase on a home or a transaction. You're talking with people back and forth. How you process the information, how you say and present yourself, your offers, et cetera, it all matters. All this stuff matters. This is what I'm realizing the more I get into all this content and all this research that we're doing. I want you to think about this. I hope that you'll use this not just for your elevator speech, but just for everyday conversation that's back and forth with people because it really, really can help you. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. Would love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Go to engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash elevator. That's all lowercase elevator, where you will find a summary of the key points discussed here in today's episode, as well as links to all of the articles, the websites, books that I've mentioned in this episode. You can leave a question in the comments section or visit the Ask Us tab on the website. We monitor all comments and we'll respond if you leave us one. I also want to say we've got some really cool topics coming up on upcoming episodes. Christian will be getting back involved on the podcast and he's been doing a lot of work kind of around the world, engineering work, and he's going to bring some pretty cool stuff to the table. We've got a lot of stuff planned and we're looking forward to a really awesome, awesome 2017. Jeez, I can't believe I'm saying 2017, which is just amazing. 
We thank you so much for your support. We went over the 1 million download mark this year with the Engineering Career Coach podcast, a podcast that people told me engineers would never listen to. And it's really been amazing. So thank you so much for your support. Let's keep it going. And until next time, please continue to engineer your own success. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Be sure to visit engineeringcareercoach.com where you can find all past episodes and also download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also to help develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.